Radio. Yakuza. Yakuza. Yakuza Kick Radio. 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 The Yakuza Kick Radio. This is the bulldozer, Matt Tremont. And if there's one place to listen to on the internet every Thursday, 9 p.m., Yakuza Kick Radio, Tremont says so. Who wants some? God help us, Jesus! God and baby, Jesus! Help us. Ladies and gentlemen of fucking America, this is Danny Havoc, and you have been listening to, or possibly are intending to listen to, the Yakuza Kick fucking radio. Fucking, yeah, Yakuza Kick radio. Hell fucking yeah! My name is Justice Payne, and you are listening to Yakuza Kick radio. You're coming to come on Thursday night. This is a brotherhood, and we all stick together. Like my nuts. I ain't scared of you, motherfucker. Yakuza Kick Radio, the best in internet wrestling radio, period, bar none, just like Adam Cole. Everybody's a cunt but me in the world. I don't know what it is. But you go to the back, and you tell your boss that there's a new Yakuza in town. And it's Yakuza Kick Radio, and we're taking over. Yakuza Kick Radio has risen from the ashes of bad internet radio and become the premier place for any independent professional wrestler to stop and record their voice. Well, this is Mr. Insanity Toby Fine, and if you're not listening to Yakuza Kick Radio, then you're weird. Oh, I don't like the cut of your gym, fella. This is Greg Excellent, Bearded Dragon of the Northeast. You're listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. If you're not, probably watching porn. You have this muted. You should be listening to it. Jason Man. Where are Biggie and Tupac? Yakuza Kick Radio. Give a nigga rope on that cowboy, guys. All you have to do is listen to Yakuza Kick Radio, but you couldn't. Now look at that guy. You only fuck that. Black dude. This bullshit, man. Motherfucker. Fuck you. Fuck you and fuck you. Who's next? And now, ladies and gentlemen, for the introduction. Hosted by J. Cat Morris. You are now listening to Yakuza Kick Radio. Welcome to Yakuza Kick Radio. I'm your host, J. Cat Morris. Man, I got a lot to fucking get into. Um, so much on my mind. You know, it's going to be a heavy episode. Um, get into the personal shit on the back end of it. That that's gonna be tough. And um, you know, everybody who listens, I'm sure know what I'm talking about. And uh, I'll get to that. But uh, first things first, man. I was I was planning on doing this a little bit earlier tonight, but um, I had to run to Lowe's and get this uh, this lattice. So I'm just gonna give you a quick rundown of some of the shit I'm up to. And uh, this little side story here. Um, so I'm doing a ton of work in my backyard. I'm replacing the fence. I'm uh, creating a 28-foot bed. Um, I'm, I'm doing a lot to kind of make my backyard my own little paradise. I've, I've told people this a lot that, you know, a lot of, I think, people think about self-care and shit like this. And they, they go and fucking uh, get their nails done. Chicks will go get their nails done there. Yeah, I mean, shit like this. And they call that, like, self-care. But. If you can create a place in your own home life that is the most beautiful thing to unwind to, somewhere you can go and just be completely at peace, 
You know, I mean, somewhere you can just go and just absorb your surroundings and, and be in your glory for that. You know, do you want to pay like a shitload of money, you know, once a year to go travel to one of those places to sit there and hope that, you know, some strange dude and their family aren't also there and a little too loud for you to even enjoy it or, or you know, like there's a lot that can go on. But if you create that within your own space that shit keeps paying you back. You know, you keep enjoying that. So for me, I, I always try to invest in it like that. And now that, you know, this is my house, I'm really turning it up. I, I've been so hyped about this shit going into this season that like I, I'm doing big shit, you know? So, um, uh, with replacing the fence, I'm putting a lattice on it. So on, um, the 28 foot bed section. So it's four panels worth. Um, so let me read the lattice story or the, uh, the fence story real quick. So I was trying to just replace the fence. I got lumber prices are crazy. Um, overall, like sometimes the shit's hard to find, which now I'm running into, but so, um, the fence that I had on there was there for at least 10 years ago. I got it. And, um, it's quarter inch, and I, I'm not really positive. I think this one was pressure treated, but I mean, I, I had it for over 10 years. So this shit is falling apart now, but it's probably, you know, uh, four or five years past its welcome, you know, I mean, being realistic for it to still have looked nice. Um, but uh, so I was just trying to get the same thing going through Home Depot. They wanted $65 a panel. And I need like 28 panels, some shit like 28, 30 panels for my yard. So they they wanted $65 a panel, right? So I was like, let me just shop around. Home Depot is the only one that's like right in the town I live in, but Lowe's isn't that far off or whatever the case. Anyway, um, over in Tom's River. So I looked up on Lowe's site. They had pressure treated. It's called severe weather half inch thick double the thickness $45 and the panels the 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 slats themselves on the panels so normal like the ones that I had before this were like 28 slats per panel these these ones that I just got these are like 25 so the the slats themselves are that much wider it looks that much nicer it's it's beautiful fence um so i stumbled into that being just like that much cheaper i don't even know how they're competing because then if i went back to home depot and tried to step the game up to what i was gonna be getting now you're talking like 70 75 dollars per panel and still lows i was going 45 so um so I ordered 20 of them and I need more. So now I'm running into like they're on back order or some shit. So uh, I'll see what I could do, but I'll get the majority of my yard done this way. And um, so what I like doing behind like long beds is I'll put a strip of lattice on that fence. If you got anything that's going to vine up, whether you're growing cucumbers regularly in one spot or you're um, growing like grapevines, which is what I'm doing or, uh, there's a bunch of like flowers that'll vine up and shit. If you put a piece and you don't even need to put like a, a 48 inch piece, you could put the 24 inch pieces, which, which is what I'm going with in the middle. 
screw that to your center bar on the fence all the way across. And when you're done doing that, that section of fence is going to look fancy as fuck. It's going to look like you spent a whole shitload of money on your fence. And as for another like $15, again, went through Lowe's way cheaper. It was like $15 a piece of, of lattice. So for another 60 bucks, I took that stretch of fence that that's back in my, my beds and made it look fucking insane. And the grapes are going to have something to grab onto and climb up that fence. So, you know, I'll have like a, a walled vined, vined fence, fence wall right there um, over the years as it grows bigger and bigger. So I'm hyped about it. So I went to go get the um, lattice because it said that they had it in, in the Tom service store. And, um, you know, it would have been another 60 bucks, 70 bucks to ship it. So I was like, let me let me go out there. I go in there. I look around. There's like one busted one on the floor and it didn't. It didn't look as thick as they were saying. They were saying the lattice was half inch. What that means is the lattice sandwiched together the two pieces that are glued together equal a half inch. Not that the wood itself is a half inch. So, but I never saw a half inch lattice before anyway, so it doesn't really matter. It's it's kind of what I've always used. So um, I went and got that. Um, but so then I I tell this guy I finally find a guy and I'm like hey you know says online you have these here like what do you he's like oh there's one there i'm like yeah yeah it's broken he's like yeah he's like let me check outside so now he he goes off and he's like helping like three four motherfuckers this little he's like a little ninja turtle like he's he's a little guy and he's he's just like trooping around trying to you know find this one and find that one and he's helping like three people at the same time he's a bad little motherfucker man he's zipping around so now I see him, he just like disappears into the fucking garden section, like, which is across the store. I just see him walk into the distance and I'm standing there like, am I supposed to, where the fuck am I supposed to be for this guy? Because if he's going to get panels somewhere, can we, can we go pay for it, go to the car? Like, I got to be where they stock it on the aisle. Like, what the fuck's going on? So I'm standing there just like, not knowing what the fuck, like 20 minutes pass. And then this dude just comes like, beep, beep, you hear him with the fucking forklift he comes like a like a ninja turtle he was he was ready to fight the terror dome and shit he comes driving it over the thing like like little hero and another guy like walking guiding traffic in front of him it's like look at him look at him go so then the motherfucker goes and gets it and he drives the shit like right past me i ended up paying for it at the register the lady's like i'll just you know i'll just ring you up for the four panels here you can pull the car up or whatever so he comes he just drives right past us with the fucking (laughs) with the shit on there he's just on a mission you know uh, so then he fucking drives the shit. We're talking like way towards the end of the, st- the back of the store again. So she's like, I guess follow him. I, I don't know why he's making you walk back there. I'm like, yeah, me neither. So finally drops the shit back there. And he's like, yeah, he's like, yeah, I, I, I did a lot of, da- <laughs> I did a lot of damage to these, but, uh, <laughs> I don't know why they had him outside, but if you want to go through them, you, you know, you can get the, so he, he busted up like a good five layers on those things but once i peeled those off i was good but yeah that that little motherfucker was on a mission and uh so that's why it took me a little bit longer to get to the show than uh i had planned on because because this little dude was he was he was on some shit but i had no idea no, no one in the store knew what the fuck he was up to i didn't know what the fuck he was up to and uh so i got my shit but yeah that's that um so yeah uh so much to get into let me see what I want to get into first. Uh, I mean, I guess let's get into Drake Younger real quick. Drake, 
you know, th- this fucking guy, this guy was fired from the WWE uh, NXT. It just doesn't make any fucking sense to me. You know, this is a guy that was met the fuck out, happy to see everybody hanging around. Like, you never saw this guy, like, pissed off about something. You never, like, talked to this guy after a CZW show and had him go, like, hey, man, you see what the Senate's doing? This is some bullshit. Like, it was, it was never that. It was never, it was never anything heavy. It was never, like, policy. It was never religious it was never fucking anything of substance really like he just he talked to you in the same manner that you would think someone who leaps through piles of glass and barbed wire would talk to you like like i mean you know i mean he just he was just happy to be there and and when i say be there i mean like tournament at death 90 degrees outside gonna jump through a bunch of glass for not a lot of money today like be there. He was happy to be there. You know, I'm going to fall off a fucking truck holding on to a fucking trophy and not let go of the trophy as I crash through the fucking glass and shit and fall off this fucking truck. Like, that that was his plans for the day. That was the only thing he gave a fuck about. So, for him to take all those years of abuse and do everything he was doing and still, like, just with a fucking smile on his face throughout so for him to get to this point where he, he gets off the drugs and, you know, I guess part of the way that he got off the drugs was finding Jesus. And when he did, I mean, they must have beat some real stupid shit into his head. And, and I don't know what the fuck, man, but to go that hard, like this dude, here, here's the crazy shit to me, too. This dude would just... Like he had the one one kid on the way when when we were still talking to him when he was still wrestling and all that. And uh Sophie, uh Sophia, right? I think that's her name. Um and, and then uh then he had another one like soon after. He was like signed another one. And I think he had the third one. And it was like, it just seemed like this dude was stopping home on visits, just throwing it, throwing a pregnancy down and then heading back to work and just being gone for a while. Because, you know, the WWE schedule is crazy. So he didn't have any time home with his family, really. Just like barely touching base type shit. I mean, the schedule is grueling. And then he started filling it with this church shit and with this this politics shit to the point where he can't possibly have time for his fucking family because he's he's out yelling at motherfuckers standing there in a suit with his hair slicked to the side and shit like a fucking weirdo. And, and he's out there talking about, you know, abortion and, and, and it just it's fucking crazy. It got to the point where it was like, I don't even know where this guy got this. This drive in this direction from because it was something he just didn't give a fuck about at all, like not even a little bit. It wasn't his life's passion. This wasn't like, oh, he was always on that shit. He just turned it up. There was nothing like this going on. I don't understand how like you 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 stop doing drugs and you get on some like way more brainwashed, aggressive kind of shit, because. For him to get off the drugs and get the job in the WWE as a rep. And at that point, this dude who loved more wrestling more than anything in the world was suddenly rubbing elbows with everybody 
in the fucking business. Like anybody who was anything and who passed through there for a minute, he had access to. This dude had his dream fucking job and he didn't even have to kill his body to do it. You know, like, yeah, I'm sure he, he dreamed of headlining WrestleMania one day. But, it, you know, as a deathmatch guy, I don't think he ever thought that was going to happen. But this guy is a guy who's refereeing WrestleMania matches. You know what I mean? And he's still right there on the television in the middle of all those fans. He's still doing he's still living the fucking dream to a very high extent. And to throw all that shit away because of this shit, it's, it's insanity to me. It's fucking insanity to me. And he's taking like these hard stance where they started talking about black lives matter. And he just like screams like all lives matter in the group. And then like storms out of the room and shit, like weirdo shit. Like what the fuck? Like, why, why are you so riled up right now? You know, it just, it's bizarre to me. So now he's gone. Now he's running, um, uh, uh, anti child trafficking, uh, uh, not, I, I'm, I'm, I keep thinking tribute show, but that's clearly not what it is. Uh, benefit, uh, take down trafficking. June 26th. So you can see on the poster here, Loki, he's in the upper right corner because he's on some silly shit too, you know. From the start, he was like, you know, no masks for me. Be ready for COVID if we meet. You know, like, he was just going to deliver you some fucking COVID and he didn't give a fuck if you liked it or not. That was just his deal from the start. So it doesn't surprise me, even though I haven't heard any anti-trafficking stuff out of him. But it's it's right along those Trump lines. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it doesn't really surprise me. Hey, low-key, man, I like how you weren't wearing that fucking mask. You're goddamn right. <laughs> I don't like the way you use God's name, man, but it's gonna be all right. We're gonna do this benefit. All right. Uh, Matt Morgan's another one, I guess, uh. And I don't think I could really recognize anybody else on the poster. Um, but, yeah, he's not going to be welcome too far outside of anything that he's not running himself. So you could pretty much guarantee that shit, you know. And that that's in Florida, so he might get some of those fucking wackos in fucking Florida to, to pack that house maskless and all this. But, yeah, it's... And now it's all to be expected, you know what I mean? But the shift is still crazy to me. The shift from, hey, man, to like, our children, their future depends on fucking shut the fuck up already. Like, you know, you're not making a fucking difference when it comes right on down to it. You're not you're not making a difference. You're making yourself fucking angry all the time. Nobody's outlawing abortion. I don't give a fuck who you think you are. I don't give a fuck how your friends think this this is the year. It'll be the same year Jesus comes back. You know what I mean? It, he'll come back and, and tell the courts some shit that they, they can't. Uh, Jesus will come back, give, give the courts an offer they can't refuse, and then they'll outlaw abortion. That, that'll happen all at once. But uh, probably not. Uh, 
but you, you know, keep doing that shit. It's just, it's wild to me. Um, let me see. What else do I got? A lot, but I got to get back to this uh, screen here. Uh, so Penelope, yeah, th- this is some other bullshit that I-, I can't, I can't fucking deal with this. Um, so this chick posted this shit. Uh, I made my hubby a get well and birthday wish list on Amazon. Also, we have a PO box you can send cards to, to T-O-O. Uh, so I, oh, maybe she's saying cards also. Okay. Um, don't ask for autographs. He's left-handed and had work done on that arm. Okay. So I guess this British fruit got some fucking surgery or some shit. And that's why she feels the need that the guy on TV should have fucking marks buy this guy shit from the fucking Amazon wish list because, you know, I mean, he's getting paid to fucking wrestle on TV and so is she. But yeah, it should definitely be, you know, Johnny Jerkoff from fucking Iowa that's going to buy you new fucking sunglasses or like a new a Nintendo Switch controller or whatever the fuck that you want for this guy. And, and like to have the nerve to be like, not only should you motherfuckers buy some shit for my husband that doesn't need you to buy shit for, um, don't ask for an autograph. Like, don't even ask for it because his arm's fucked up. Here, here's something you could have done that make you sound like half a fucking human during this. Make sure you leave your address because we'll make sure we send you an autograph when his arm heals. We appreciate the support because I don't know what the fuck you think that this endless gift giving extravaganza of wrestling is, you know, I don't I don't know. When do you think this this ends or doesn't end? But there's a fucking ceiling on this. Your guy is not fucking special at all. Like, there, there is nothing about this guy that's going to make him a fucking superstar. AEW signed people who were average fucking indie guys to big fucking money contracts. Because they just had it and they just did it. That doesn't mean that's the way he's going to get paid for the rest of his fucking life. I mean, I guess maybe he is saving his money and having people buy him all the things he wants. It's just some bum ass shit. It's some real taking advantage of people's shit. Like, don't just, like, plug your merch and say, hey, my man's getting surgery. You know, you know, if you could buy some of his merch, you know, show how much you guys support him. You know, we, we appreciate that. We'd love to see people out there wearing his shirts while he heals up to make make him feel like, you know, his name's not going away. I would understand all of that shit. And then people who want to continue to support that way, fine. You're asking them for no return at all. Buy me shit. You entitled motherfucker. Like, what the fuck? That shit makes me mad. It just, these are the type of motherfuckers that just don't belong in the fucking business. I wish the rest of the people in the business would police this shit and tell them, yo, that's some garbage, man. You look like bum ass people. Like, don't don't come on there with that bum ass shit. You make way too much money to be trying to sucker these fans to buy you shit. And they'll do it because they think that they're half of your friend 
now because I bought them the thing that they like. Are you using it? Just say yes and I'll feel good for the day. Like you're fucking taking advantage of people. You're not their fucking friend. You're not going to buy them a fucking thing for their birthday. You won't throw them a discount code on your fucking t-shirts for their birthday, let alone buy something for their fucking birthday. Get off the fucking Facebook and, and Twitter with buy my boyfriend's some shit when we're, you're on TV. Fucking asshole. No respect at all. Your money ain't shit to them. You, you, you work all day and they don't give a fuck about what you're paying for, what you're not paying for. Buy my boyfriend some shit because he's on TV. It's fucking ridiculous. Uh, the Nick Gage documentary. Um, so I, I was going to watch this a second time, take a bunch of notes. And I was going to, I was going to, um, I had thought about it. I was going to have Brian, um, he was formerly Atticus Reigns and CZW, uh, early CZW friend of mine. I was going to have him pop on the show. We were going to do like kind of like a joint review type thing and really go through topic by topic. And we still can. Uh, that's that's not off the table. We could do that another week. I'm going to give you just like a brief thoughts and feelings on, on the gauge doc right now. But again, I can I can watch it again, take notes and we could do like a round two on this shit and go a little deeper. But I'll just give you my on the surface feelings about it. Um, from the start, I thought it was weird that. All his MDKers, uh, his gang, are all, like, celebrating this shit. Like, he's he's getting famous today. You know, like, 90% of the Dark Side of the Ring guys are dead. You know that, right? Not, so they're not celebrating people because they're doing great. They've never celebrated a guy on Dark Side of the Ring because it's a good story, like, successful-wise. It's not a happy ending on any one of these fucking things. It's not like he did really bad and then he came back and now he's awesome. And I know a lot of people are calling this a story of redemption. You you know he's still on the shit, right? And, like, if you're not... If you're not brain-dead, they told you that on the fucking thing. Like... There's a lot of history that's being rewritten on it, first off. Because Brett Lauderdale, when the whole shit went down and Gage went away, he fucking, he was telling people in locker rooms, he was telling people constantly that were telling me and, and shit that, yeah, me and Gage went to AC with the money. Like, he came, he came to my house, and then we drove to AC, and we fucking, we were spending the money and partying all weekend, da 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 that's what he said. That's what he was telling people when he wanted to just be cool, cool guy, Brett Lauderdale. When he wanted to be putting it out there on TV where it could have been incriminating to him that, you know, he, he took some kind of part in it. Then all of a sudden he came to his house with the money, showed him the money. He went, oh, shit, would you rob a bank? He goes, yeah. And then leaves on his own, gets to Atlantic City with Sandra and then parties until he's out of money and then calls Brett and says, Hey, come pick me up. I'm ready to turn myself in. So now Brett, he's doing the right thing guy in this documentary here. And he goes, that's a good deal. Let's go and let's go turn you in. So then they drive there and they, they, they fucking, uh, turn him in. So that's Brett's thing. Um, 
I'll say straight up, man. Like his girlfriend is exactly what a strung out drug addict looks like. That's that's exactly what that looks like. And I don't give a fuck who gets mad about that. Like if you really are going to look at her and be like, she's in good shape. She's doing well. I'm glad she's there for him to keep him straight. They're two addicts. Two addicts is like, to me, it's like two people trying to start to work out. Bad idea. Because like I've said a lot of times, if you have this ambition to work out, you have this ambition to get in shape and you're going to go in there and crush it. You could set your mind to do that shit and make it where no one will fucking stop you. Now, if you attach yourself to another person and now one day that's and that's that's now the gimmick. That's the way it goes. That's that's the flow of you guys training. That's the way. You know, that's the system. That's that's. That's, it feels right now you got you start you start talking at certain points you do cardio at the same time you do this you do that so now one day that other person has a headache oh man i can't i can't make it today or something came up or i gotta run home i can't i can't go today so do you have the um, the drive to push past that and go rogue on those days most times not and one will fall off and then they both fall off so as far as i'm concerned that's that's the same way addicts will go um, yeah, maybe you can help keep each other on track. I think it's going to be really hard to beat two addictions at the same time. I think you're, you're stacking the odds against yourself. And I don't think that's, uh, that's the way to be, you know, I think if you went separately, got yourselves clean and then maybe reconvened in the future with the intention to help keep yourselves on track, knowing that you know each other and all that, that'd be a different story. But if one slips, you're both slipping. That's that's just the way it's going to go. And the one is going through tremendous amounts of pain is surrounded by people with drugs because the, the, that's what I said before Gage got out. I said the worst thing you could do is go back to wrestling and people were like, oh, no, but we like him wrestling. And, and he he immediately got out of fucking prison the first time was like, and whoever says that I shouldn't be wrestling, you know, go fuck yourself because I'm the fucking man and I'll fucking die doing this, you know, love a fucking year later. <sighs> Slam that door again, right? Fuck back in, violated immediately. You know what I mean? So, ah, uh, maybe I was fucking a hundred percent right, you know, because he went right back on his shit. And every time someone asks him about it, he's all bashful. Big bad fucking Nick Gage. Every time someone asks him, "What'd you go back in for?" Oh, well, bullshit. Yeah, you know, you know, fucking bullshit. He fucking he, he was dirty. You, you know, this is this is what you know what it was. Everybody knows it's not bullshit no one did that to you you spent all those fucking years in fucking prison because you were so dope the fuck out that you robbed a bank in broad daylight and then he's down playing that shit too on interviews i, I heard a couple interviews out of this dude he's down playing that shit too and he's going i didn't really do the dope for that long and then i you know did the bank and i was in prison no dude you didn't go from pills did dope for fucking a week and then jumped into the bank. You know what I mean? You went for the cheaper option, just like every other opiate addict does. Once your fucking, your tolerance was built up that you needed way too many pills to support your own fucking habit. And then you got on the shit. And then, you know, you got fucking, you got desperate. Like, it's crazy because now he's trying to do all these fucking interviews and he's trying to put the best spin on it he can, like it was cool, but he's not admitting to his shit. Like, 
you see even like on the the documentary when they ask like you know what were you doing or taking or whatever he smiles when he says percocets and this and this like he smiles like he's talking about something beautiful you know perks and she's just <laughs> like bro you're not reminiscing about dope shit you're, you're reminiscing about dope fucking idiot like what are you talking about this is the shit that put you in fucking prison for all those years and you still smile when you say the word percocet the fuck is wrong with you and you're not off the shit you know it's fucking it's bananas man i i can't and you know it sucks to me because i mean the whole thing sucks you know for him to go down this 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 road altogether because I was a huge fan. I was a huge Gage fan. I still got the fucking, uh, both the red and the white, uh, the red and the yellow old school hardcore Nick Gage shirts from 01. Like, I still got them shits looking fucking pristine. I used to wear those shits. Like, if you go back and you see me on the fucking, on the videos, you'll see me with lots of different CZW shirts, lots of different, uh, uh, you know, my, my look changed a bunch over the years. But the majority of the times, you'll see me in a Nick Gage shirt. That was my guy. That was my favorite motherfucker, man. His intensity was through the fucking roof. And it, and it saddens me to hear people still talk about his intensity now as if that's what he's still doing. Because it's night and day difference. This happy I like to give a shout out guy is not the fucking guy who used to walk out ready to rip motherfuckers heads off. And I knew afterwards he was cool with that guy because I'd see him out back talking to that guy. But when it came to him hitting that curtain, he didn't give a fuck about anybody. That that fucking anger came through that that, you know, that gimmick, that image that he was putting out there. That was the fucking. That was unbreakable. And that that was what the fuck wrestlers were supposed to be. They weren't supposed to come in and out of character. They weren't supposed to, you know, turn it on and off, reveal, reveal that fourth wall. They, they, they kept a certain amount of that shit legit. And when it came down to this bad motherfucker shit, there was, wasn't a lot of people that were doing it better than Gage. Because he had that, I don't give a fuck about any of the rules, any of the fucking anything. I don't like motherfuckers like this. I don't like any of these motherfuckers. And he came out there and he he worked with that intensity and that that you know just stiff, rough, fucking hard edge. They nobody nobody thought like, oh, this is you know, no one would watch old gauge matches and be like, oh, this shit's you know, this shit's fake. You know. But I mean, when a guy's giving shout outs to his opponent before the match, after the match, thanking everybody up and down. It's like a pep rally by the time he's out of there, you know, everybody say the letters and, and then we're gonna, Hey, it's, if it wasn't for you guys, I wouldn't be doing this. I need to hear that every single fucking show. Thanks, dude. Thanks for showing up because before, Oh, when I hear those letters, it's, it's just like, it's unbelievable. Really? Cause the fucking building used to rock chant and Nick fucking gauge. And he'd say, who's the man? And they go, you are. And they go, Nick fucking gauge. And rock the fucking building. So it didn't need to be NDK. It didn't need to be a new fucking thing that you made up. You still had people chanting your motherfucking name. Because the shit you were doing was legit. Now, you came in with the folklore of what you were. 
and and to these new fans, you're just doing the best shit they've seen because it, it's not, you know, it's still the guy, the legend, Nick Gage. He's still the guy who robbed the bank. All this shit has a, a big enough allure to it where these fans, you know, bite on it completely. But for anyone who is used to what Gage used to be, who was a diehard fucking Nick Gage fan, you can't look at what he's doing now, the shape he's in mentally, uh, sobriety-wise, uh, the, the ring shape he's in, the shit he's doing out there, the, the lack of intensity, the fucking smiling, the fucking thanking this, the thanking that, the shout-outs to all of this bullshit. You can't fucking look at all this and not be disappointed. You can't. But again... If you're not one of those old school fans, I understand why you're not. And it bothers me, you know, and it bothers me a lot. And I see this motherfucker going down that road. I knew when Trent was going to fucking die, he was going to die. Like, I knew that shit. When I fucking, the last time I saw him, I smoked a blunt with him. And we were just, we were out there talking and he was just in another world. And I had talked to Trent month in, month out for fucking years and years. And we had gotten to be really close from like a, you know, obviously, you know, fan wrestler standpoint. It was it was a very, very friendly relationship where we would talk about whatever. You know, he'd tell me tons of shit about what was going on that, you know, you shouldn't always be telling fans. And this is the thing. So when Gage goes to this level of ruining his gimmick, it's not that I needed people to play it up behind the scenes i didn't need people to play it up you know on every facet because i i knew when it turned off but when you hit the curtain that's the difference i was talking about but like i was saying when the last time i saw trent we were blazing and it just like he was in another world and nothing was enough the high wasn't enough like we got through the blunt he's like you got any more and it's like it's weird you know what i mean when it's you and one person smoking a blunt and you get through that blunt and it's like do you have more blunts? Like dude is troubled, you know? And, and I left there, I was fucked up too. You know, like I wasn't, I wasn't on any of that shit that that they were on, but my alcoholism was, was real. You know, my alcoholism was really gripping me. And, you know, it took me a long time, even after that to come to terms with it and to, to get that shit under control. But I was drunk and, you know, blazing and all that. And, um, on the way home, I cried. I said, my boy's going to die. And I, I was telling Nina, and I, I was convinced that, that that was it. And sure enough, that was the last time I saw him. You know, because you just know when people are in trouble. If you're an addict, if you've been anywhere anywhere near that, that draw, that pull, that inescapable, seemingly inescapable hole that you fall into, it is escapable, but the majority don't. And regardless of what the substance is, regardless of what the vice is, when you slip into that hole, you know the fucking feeling and you could identify that shit in somebody else. And when I'm seeing this shit out of Gage and I'm seeing him go from jacked out of prison guy, shared off, jacked up, ready for fucking war to suddenly like tights on under the shorts shirts on every time you know what i mean and i don't need the guy to, to wrestles without a shirt just for the sake of wrestling without a shirt 
but there's a big difference between the guy that came out of prison ready to reinvent himself, ready to start a new life and to do some big shit. But, um, hold on. I'm trying, someone trying to call me, but, uh, you know, there's a big difference between that guy and the guy that we're talking about now, because he just, you know, he, he withered, he went from that, that big jacked up guy who was, who was out hungry, ready for action. I'll tell you straight up. He went back in and he came out a different guy the second time. He didn't come out as big as he did the first time, the second time. He, he talks all this shit on podcasts and interviews and all this where, oh, and then I went, I went crazy and I went in training and uh, you, you didn't do any of that shit because you didn't come out looking crazy. You didn't come out looking jacked the fuck up like you did the first time. If anything, you lost a lot of that muscle mass on your first on your second trip back in. And then since then, when you got out, it was it was just decline, decline, decline. He started to look thin. He said he gained a bunch of weight now, so now I guess he's he's fatter or whatever, but he's not. He he's nowhere near the shape he was in when he came out. Why is that? He don't have a fucking job. He's never had a fucking job. Not not since, you know, old CZW, you know, prior to going in and clearly didn't have a job right prior to going in. You know, it's it's crazy to see that and to tell people that this dude is in trouble and then to tell you, like, man, fuck out of here. I seen him last weekend. He's doing fine. You're a hater. The fuck is wrong with you? Like, so now when we see this documentary, his girls all strung the fuck out. Brett says. You know, some addicts, they're just not willing to fight that fight every day. You know, so that right there tells me you're saying that he doesn't he's not sober every day. Like there's days that he is, but today ain't the fucking day. You know, um, and again, you know, the, the, the joy that he speaks of pills with is still it's it's fresh it's it's still going on this dude this guy you know just went through a fucking ankle surgery or, or some kind of you know calf or ankle or whatever the fuck he injured you know he was getting fucking pain medication for that shit you know that he was still dabbling into whatever the fuck he was up to you know he's still in shit areas surrounded by shitheads and and, and in a business that's full of shitheads that, that don't really give a fuck about him. And that, that's part of what I said back back then, too. People who, who are just, just need to see him back in a death match right away, I don't really give a fuck about him as a human being. He entertained me enough where I was, you know, one of his biggest fucking fans. And I was okay if that dude came out of prison and said, look, this shit put me in a bad direction. I need to find a new way of life. I need to get my shit together and I need to fucking live a long time. I would thank him for every fucking thing he gave me up until that point for all those years of fucking intensity and, and what he brought to the table. But if that was going to steer him into into prison or death or any anything like that, I would much rather hear that he got into fucking real estate or whatever the fuck. You know, what I mean, that was just me as a human saying, Hey, I think this guy's entertained me enough to just do what he's got to do to keep himself alive and safe and healthy. But you know, people quickly turn that into oh, fucking pussies want me to stop wrestling. Now 
you're a pussy. And I'll tell you why. Not because Nick Gage can't fight. Not because Nick Gage isn't a tough guy. Because Nick Gage isn't in control of his own fucking uh, actions enough to keep himself off fucking drugs. That's why. Don't worry about who's a fucking pussy. Worry about your fucking self. Worry about keeping yourself fucking alive. Worry about not robbing a bank on fucking heroin. That shit's not tough guy crime shit. Yeah, you know I mean, you could talk about fighting. You could talk about all this shit. I'm sure Nick Gage will fuck somebody up. And at this point, too, he doesn't give a fuck. So I'm sure he wouldn't think twice about it. But I'll tell you what makes you a stronger man is owning up to your fucking failures and doing better. That's what makes you a better man. I, I'm not trying to hear about this tough guy competition as you enter 50 years old. You're going to be 50 years old and you're going to walk around, I'll fucking fight someone. You know, how long into your life do you go with that until you just spend the rest of it in jail or dead? Like you see the motherfuckers that walked outside and got the shit shot out of them by their fucking the, the snow shoveling shit I talked about months ago. That shit like that happens every fucking day in the wrong fucking place at the wrong time talking to the wrong motherfucker like that. Why, why the fuck would you want to get into some fine physical altercations with this and that? And not worry about your own well-being enough to grasp that. Use every bit of your fucking tough guy energy and battle and beat your motherfucking demons. That's what the fuck I did. And then I fucking put myself in better shape than I've ever been in my fucking life. That's how I did better as a fucking man. I grabbed every fucking thing I had to and fucking pulled my shit together. And now I can be proud of who the fuck I am. So he said right there in that video, he'll be dead sooner than later. So if you guys as fans think that's a good thing and you're just going to wait for the tribute show and then buy one of those shirts too, you're a fucking mark. You're, you're, you're fucking stupid. And, and th this is the reason why I would tell every one of you little MDK fucking idiots that I'm better than you. I'm, I'm a better fucking human being than you. Because if you're that blind and stupid that you're going to be openly a fan of something and feed into something that's killing the guy who you're supposedly a fan of. Then, then you're, then you're losers. You're fucking losers. And I don't give a shit about any one of you, not a single fucking one of you. So that's, that's the gauge thing. Um, let me see. Oh, and, and he's, he's wrestling Zach Ryderson. So we should be excited about that. I don't know why anyone would care about that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, let me, um, I got some other shit to run through, and I'm definitely going to get at that in a second. I'm going to play uh, another Sean Price track. Remember, I told you I'm going to beat motherfuckers to death to Sean Price shit. So, um, let me hit you with another track. So, y'all know the deal. Here it go. Official joint right here. Oh, the mother. My nigga Domingo. <laughs> Listen. 
Hey yo, I thought, who the fuck told you to think, jerk? Your funny style bitch, nigga, rockin' the pink shirt. Goofball niggas, niggas, doofball niggas, niggas. Cross-dressin' funny style, RuPaul niggas. Here's the latest scoop, peep the truth, y'all niggas biting my shit. To the guard, shoot y'all niggas, yo. Sean Price put the cock in the throat, playin' the Leah song, rockin' the boat. Yo, I'm a grown man, I'm a stone man. You a six-minute ducky fresh on the phone, man, yo. One of the best, you one of the worst. I put this gun in your chest, these bloody shirt. Niggas actin' all hard, but they fake the shit. Had me gas till I saw them niggas take the shit. Duke, yeah, one of the worst, I'm one of the best. I put this gun in your shirt, leave blood in your chest, nigga. Fucking tools of the trade. I run with Puerto Rican niggas that fool with the blade. That's a stereotype. I can never stereotype. No radio songs for me. Stereotype. You a motherfucking son of a bitch. Always telling the cops, like the pops, you a son of a snitch. I don't run with motherfuckers who be running they lip. Percolate with the pound and get it crunk in this bitch. And I don't give a fuck about half of the rappers that's out. Half of the rappers that's out need to be slapped in their mouth. First of all, what the fuck y'all niggas rapping about? Ray Ray, Kiki Boba, what you yapping about? I'm one of the best. Y'all bitch niggas. One of the worst, I put this gun in your chest, leave blood on your shirt. One of the worst, Sean Price, one of the best. Put some blood on your shirt with my gun in your chest, nigga. Cock back, aiming his get. Raised the lane, felt the flame on his neck. Battered and bruised, bum bitch shattered and used. Date rape, grape eight, Paul making the news. Added BC, Michael Jackson, and Solomon Grundy. Scared the kids for the love of the money. Listen, you can run, you can hide, but death is near. You ain't hearing me right since I left this air. Yo. This is an official joint. Don't believe me? Come watch the pistol point up in your grill. Sean Price up in the veil. Told y'all motherfuckers to just chill. Y'all ain't listening. There you go. That's that shit right there. You know and I mean, that's that's that shit that that there's not a lot like anymore. You know, I mean, there's some dope cats out there for real. And um, you know, I mean, uh, Conway, Papoose, Akeem Ali is is nasty. Um, Ferris Blusa. These these are my new cats. You know, what I mean, these are my new cats that I fuck with. You know, I've been fucking with Papoose for a long time. But, uh, you know, I mean, these, these are the cats right here. But, yeah, Sean Price to me is, he's just on another level. His wordplay, he just, shit was so easy for him. At least that's, that's the image. Whenever you do shit good, you do shit to a high level. To other people, it will look like it's easy to you. Whether it's the hardest thing in the world, but your product looks that good on that, on the outcome, that motherfuckers could look at it and go man you'll make it look easy because i hear the same shit about like what i do with cats you know people i have difficulty with a cat and i'll come and just grab them they're like wow you just made that look easy or i'll, I'll do meds on a cat and wow oh wow i, I would have never got that done like that 
you know, and it's just through experience and, and, um, dedication to my craft. And I think that's a lot of, you know, what it was with Sean P because, you know, his shit would help the skelter was just so legit rocks, you know, lyrics, a lot of times will grab people quicker. And even me back in the day, it did because his voice, rockness monster, he, he would hit that shit like that. And you'd be like, Whoa, shit. And they would say some dope shit. Sean would fly under the radar, which is quick, fucking slick ass rhymes that you go back now and you listen, you're like, Oh, this cat was putting a lot into his shit. And then when he went solo, he shifted gears into he, he slowed his flow down and made it a little bit more deliberate at what he was going for. And, you know, it was it was a, just a different vibe. And every time he put some shit out, I was all over it, man. It, it uh, it was this griminess, this this fucking street feel that never left till the last thing he put out. And, under, you know, unreleased shit that's still being put out is still the grimiest shit you heard. It's, there was no, there was no weird vibe to it. Like half this shit, you know, track three is fucking street. Track four is, eh, is, is, I don't know what he was going for, you know. With, with Sean, you could listen to the whole shit. I'm not saying every single track was, was crazy, but you could listen to every shit and see he was still coming from that that same street, grimy fucking spot. And uh, I always appreciated that the consistency, and the um, his wordplay is just is just crazy. Um, so, uh, Sick Nick Mondo is coming to TOS. Um, so. I think he's coming. Yeah, they're, they're doing that, that death match Hall of Fame thing. And uh, it's just a reason to get him there. I said it was a smart move. I think you talked about this last time. He's, he's coming in to just be honored or whatever. But, you know, it, it's a good way to get more people in the house, too. Um, that's that. Drake. da 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 Uh, Charlemagne getting canceled and uh, sending lawsuits to Star and others for putting out the message. So, yeah, uh, I ain't trying to get no lawsuits. But um, if you listen to the Kwame Brown's fucking rant on him, shit is crazy. Shit is crazy as fuck. Just look at Kwame Brown, Charlemagne the God. And it's fucking insane, man. Like, this dude's about, he's about to be out of here. There's old tweets about him talking about underage girls and, and and that shit's out there. And then he had some alleged shit go on and motherfuckers is coming for his throat. And he's going to have a hard time surviving that shit. That's for damn sure. Um, yeah. Um, uh, Tremont H2O scene, H2O student promo. Uh so they had this, this, uh, so sometimes what I do is I'll see Captain Dave going off about he's at a show and he's giving those live recaps and it's like 18 fucking posts per half hour and shit. So I'll be sitting here eating dinner on a Friday or Saturday or something. And I got the IWTV 
and I'll hear that shit. And I'm just like, well, I might as well just turn that on my TV because it's on right now. It's live. And something about live always draws me because it's happening right now. And it, that, you know, it's like a pay-per-view, but it's, it's just right there. It's free, you know? So I, um, so I turned that shit on and I was watching a little bit of the, um, H2O show. And I never, ever, ever am happy that I made that decision when I do that. Cause I've done it a handful of times and I'm never happy with my decision afterwards, but it's like nothing else is on like, you know, or, or I'm not really looking to watch like a whole big long thing. And I want something I could just put on and walk away from whenever. And this kind of fits that bill all the time, you know? So I've stumbled onto a handful of these shows and they're, they're garbage. They're big garbage. And, um, they're like, you know, like Thursday garbage, you know, Monday, Monday night you put out um, your regular garbage. Bulk pickup is Thursday. That's what H2O is, bulk pickup garbage. It's that type of big garbage. If you want to put a dresser out, H2O as a show, you want to put that on on a curb, that's that's a Thursday pickup. Um, so, <laughs> so I was watching this shit, and they went on to some kind of intermission or some shit, and uh, they put this fucking, this, this fat, this fat sandlot kid grown up looking motherfucker and he's cutting this promo and like I, half of me thinks like did he stop cutting the promo and did they keep filming and then he didn't tell them to stop and they didn't edit it or what the fuck is going on here because one minute he's talking about he, he's he's some kind of undiscovered champion and he's going to keep being a champion and then after then he goes like but like after I wrestled the guy and we had our feud. He's all right. The guy's all right. I mean, he's, he's a pretty cool guy. And it, I, I'm sitting here watching this shit. Like, why the fuck is this on my TV? Who, who didn't edit this? Who didn't tell the kid to try again? Who, who the fuck? And to me, that's, that's all on Tremont, man. Like this fucking kid, there is no way he's putting out some kind of performance that I give a fuck about. It, this dude is awkward. He could barely talk. Why would you put that on your product? I understand why you're robbing him for his fucking training money because you need to keep the lights on in that uh, warehouse apartment of yours. But I, I don't understand why you're telling him what he's doing is good enough for you to put on your product. I mean, I guess when I watch the rest of the show, I, I do realize that. But like, what the fuck, man? Like, I'm watching this shit like, dude, did they, did they like run up on him with a camera while he was like practicing this shit? And this is the thing. And he was like, oh, I'm ready to cut my promo. And they're like, never mind. We already got it. We were in the bushes when you were practicing. And we think it's good enough. Like, I don't understand how that shit even happens. Like, if you have a product, you want to make any fucking money. And these are your guys. These are your guys that you're training. And you could just say, dude, I want fucking five takes of that shit. And please don't ever, please don't have anybody tell me that th there were five takes and this was the best one. Because that motherfucking kid. Jesus Christ. Um, so yeah, it's bad. And, um, uh, Mickey Knuckles has gotten to be disgusting, like absolutely fucking disgusting. You know, she was never a WWE diva or anything like that, but like, she is so fucking overweight. And now like her, her, her gear is getting smaller where she's got like a half of her Kishi thong on when she's out there and just like, just gross. You know what I mean? Just like, just being gross. And she, she fought some skinny chick that, I don't know what the fuck is going on. And, uh, yeah, so that, that was, 
the most I could even tell you about any of that shit. Um, yeah, the uh, stock market is like crashing the fucking uh, the crypto, all that shit. My shit is just struggling. I don't know what the fuck. Uh, I, I thought the shit was easy. I should have known better because I when I put the shit in, it was like within a couple weeks. I was up like five, six hundred. And just like that, I I went back to even and now I'm like down five, six hundred fucking crazy so i'll come up you know that shit bounces back i'll be there for it you know because I, I ain't there's not much else i could do uh let me see oh new jack died um yeah the yeah, new jack died i mean look i'll tell you this new jack was very entertaining for probably the wrong reasons. He would say the shit you really shouldn't say. He would do the shit you really shouldn't do. He was shooting on people and stabbing them. Like straight up stabbing them. Like prison stabbing them. That that shit with that uh, the dude he was calling Crocodile Dundee. And he was sticking him and sticking him. And the knife got stuck in his back. And then he, he had to pull it out. And he stuck him again. I mean that, that shit is fucking gross. I mean that that's not... I mean, any wrestler that gets mad at another wrestler for being too stiff or shooting or something and or going into business for themselves or what, like, you gotta, you gotta have a problem with that. Otherwise, you should never have a problem with anybody, you know, shooting on someone. Cause that was like a full on stabbing and no one stepped up to the plate and was like, New Jack's gotta learn a lesson. Nobody did that shit. Nobody. Um, you know, that shit, mass transit shit, uh, he had Gypsy Joe in the head with a fucking metal bat. Like, I mean, the dude's been pretty disrespectful throughout his career to people. And then towards the end, he was just coming out wasted, like fucking wasted in his sweatpants, like five minutes after the match started, doing a couple fucking things and then getting on the mic and shitting on people and challenging people and shit like this. Fucking hammered. You know, it's just, I know we did a lot. In the beginning, I know the stuff he was doing in Smoky Mountain opened up a lot of doors. I know that, you know, uh, you know, some of the things that he did, you know, open doors for for black wrestlers. I know that, um, you know, he he definitely uh, paved the way for some things just being who he was. You know, so I give him credit for that. And. I mean, when I used to watch his shoot interviews, I never was entertained by a shoot interview as much as I was entertained by his, probably until that Iron Sheik interview. When he's, I mean, that, that just, I mean, you just can't get around. Iron Sheik's fucking shoot was one of the craziest things of all time. Um, and New Jack, I mean, he was that, he was that dude because he would get on interviews and shoot on motherfuckers and talk about, you know, wanting to see him dead and this this one and that one. So he was entertaining as a motherfucker to listen to. But, you know. So, yeah, I mean, he, he's gone. And I, I, I can't say that it's like crazy or unexpected or a tragedy or any. I can't treat it that way. I just can't treat it that way. The dude lived so insanely recklessly his entire fucking existence as far as I saw. Everything I saw 
within the time that he was in a wrestling business, he was completely out of fucking control, open a, a Coke and, and just being like hard liquor drunk on a regular basis. And like, yeah, man, like he, he was fucked up, but you know, I mean, what else to say? I mean, he definitely, you know, contributed, but I mean, uh, for a lot of people, he, he wasn't a, he wasn't a great guy. You know, some people he was, and some people he was a fucking nightmare to. So, I, I guess that's life, though. But yeah, um, so there's that. Uh, let me see, what else do I have? Anything? Uh, I have uh, just Kevin Castle shit. Let me get his ass real quick. Uh, yeah, I think I'm, we'll get it to Kevin Castle shit. And then I should be able to go towards the end. Um, let me see. I know I took a screenshot of it. So, Kevin Castle of the Downtown and Kevin Castle show, uh, who I guess they don't do that shit anymore. So, he posted the other night that uh, he saw something horrific, which was a raccoon eating a kitten. So, he posts this whole shit about how the raccoon was eating a kitten. He was so horrified, and he was this and this and this. So then, this morning, I wake up, and there's a post about... And, and I'll tell you straight up, because the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle show has been fucking garbage to me for a long fucking time. Don, Tony's racist and fucking... And just, to me, like, this shit's irrelevant to me, because I don't watch Raw. I don't watch SmackDown. I don't watch pay-per-views. I don't watch any of that shit. These cats do this shit every single fucking week. Grown men, 50 years old, and just on and on and on about And I get why, because they make a couple grand doing that shit, which I don't know how, because these motherfuckers are not entertaining. Um, maybe you could get entertained by the dumb shit that, that Don Tony says and be like, what, what dumb shit will he say next? But Kevin Castle sounds sedated. Every every show I've ever listened to him, it's just like, watch Raw this week. I'm really getting tired of Randy Orton. Randy Orton is, I don't know, I wish he was his father. Yeah. And I watch SmackDown on Wednesday or Thursday or whatever day it's not anymore. But I don't know, we'll talk about that. Maybe we'll do another show later in the week. If we don't do a show later in the week, maybe next week we'll talk about Randy Orton. I don't know. He's wrestling someone next week. I'm not going to like that either. But maybe I will. I guess we'll see. We'll have to go over that again next week and for the rest of our fucking lives. And that that's how he comes off. And for a couple grand a month. That's that's what it, a couple grand a month this dude gets floated. Which I, I get it. They did it the right way. They found out their audience. They locked in. The WWE universe is, is far, far bigger. But I, I'd venture to say that I'm more entertaining as a radio or on-air personality than a fucking this, this guy by a lot. You know, that that's just me. That's just me being, you know, feeling the way that I feel. I feel like I bring a lot more to the table. Yeah, I book vans in a place in New York. I run a club and I book vans and that's about all I can tell you. I've seen a lot of things. Uh, Cowboy Bob Orton was a lot better than Randy Orton. Uh, yeah, that that I I can't I can't help you with that. You know, there's nothing I can really fucking tell you that. Like 
Uh, what did you did you guys laugh at when he said that? I, I don't I don't know what the fuck. Uh, so anyway, then this morning I wake up to this fucking thing where and only anyway, like I said, the only reason I kept him on there is because I saw him post about animals every once in a while. And, you know, that'll that'll keep my interest in in having you as a friend is if I see you're an animal lover and I go, oh, OK, well, there's something of substance there. So I kept them on there just because of that. But as I saw this thing the other night and then I read this shit this morning, he's talking about uh, I went out there to feed the cats last night and I told them that if any blood is going to be spilled, it's going to be raccoon blood and, and this and this, you know, and uh so I got, I got a little fucking irritated at that. And then the wheels started turning and, and, and was like, you know, uh, now, now I got to the point where I'm like, fuck this guy. Um, and then, you know, Andrew Carluck jumps on there and he, he says, I, I, uh, let me, let me see the exact quote. I don't, I don't want to misquote a motherfucker, right? Let me see. So he said, uh, just did night feeding for the local cat colony. And I gave a pep talk to the stray cat masses that tonight, the only blood that will be shed is raccoon blood. In all serious, I'm definitely on raccoon watch tonight. No way am I going to get a let, let another cat killing happen. So do what you got to do is how we roll tonight. And Andrew says... I'm in favor of taking out the raccoons. I've been fighting with them for the better part of the last 15 years. So now you fucking tell me that what he just said means I put deterrence around so they go away. That's not what the fuck he meant. He was talking to a motherfucker that was talking about killing a raccoon if he needed to. Do what you gotta do. Like, I don't want to hurt a raccoon, but I'm gonna do what I gotta do type shit. That's what the fuck he was on. And you co-signed it by saying, me too. I've been doing that shit for 15 years. And then when I called him out, he's like, oh, I know. I meant I put deterrent out, including fox urine. Oh, okay, because I feel like your comment on that would have been, hey, I use fox urine and it works really well. Not, I'm all for taking them out. I've been doing it for 15 years. I'm pretty sure that's a completely different fucking statement, but we'll just, we'll just pretend like, like I didn't read that shit. You know what I mean? But Kevin, so I posted this shit and I told him, uh, the raccoons are just being raccoons. Cause you know, it just, it, this type of shit happens. And once one puts a fucking thing like that on there, once the, the, the status is up there, the people who want to ride with you come out of the woodwork. And now everybody's fucking raccoon. You know, those goddamn raccoons and this and this, right? So I told them the raccoons are just being raccoons. The cats need to be indoor and safe. The rest of those kittens can be trapped and adopted out, and the adults need to be fixed ASAP. Whether they're rehabilitated and adopted out, or, or, T, or TNR means trapped and released, trapped, neutered, released. And uh, they need to be fixed. The problem is, is the good being provided, uh, no, the food being provided, those poor kittens. I, I guess it's spell corrected me. I, I never corrected that. But I deleted him, so who gives a fuck? He'll just think I don't spell or be friends with him. 
Um, and I said, killing wildlife for being wildlife is not the answer. So this guy goes, thanks for a lecture. And I know all of that. Nobody's killing raccoons. Relax. But again, he posted the blood of raccoons and da, 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 da. And, uh, yeah, I'm on raccoon watch tonight. I'm going to do what I got to do. And all of this, no cats are getting killed on my watch. Okay. Asshole face. Let me explain something to you. You're the reason why a kitten got eaten. Cause he, then he posted in his fucking thing about, uh, that don't tell me to fucking contact any organizations. Cause no organizations are going to come here and do shit. I've been there and done that. And no one's going to help these cats, but me, guess what? You're the reason why kittens got fucking eaten in front of you. And you'll be the reasons why more die. You. Because for the better part of fucking at least 10 years or more, definitely more, I've heard in one way, shape, or form, you feeding and taking care of outside cats on your fucking street, in your fucking yard. Talking about neighbors hated the fucking cats. People were going to try to hate cats and hurt cats and you were going to stand up for them and this and this and you still haven't controlled the fucking problem 10 fucking plus years later let me tell you something my aco maria she has solved problems in towns full towns driving around in her fucking van and when she she goes to an area she can make sure that everything is spayed and neutered in that fucking area she'll go she'll make sure she gets a mom the dad She'll fucking scope out that area for exactly how many kittens there are, and she'll catch them one by one. And she'll know, oh, I have a brown tiger and a tortie left, and I'm going to get them. And she'll be fucking out there with the, with the traps, and sometimes they won't go into traps. They'll be too smart. So she'll get the drop trap. But the drop trap is like um, it's like the real-life version of like the Looney Tune traps where you put the box in the stick, and then you pull it when they go under there. It's like the, the, the real-life version of that, a, a little bit more sophisticated, but the same concept. She'll be out there until she gets the last one because she doesn't want to go back there the next year for more kittens from the same fucking place, from the same fucking cats that are getting impregnated over and over and over and over and inbreeding these kittens fucking. And and, and that creates overcrowding in the shelter that creates suffering and death and fucking predators eating them in the wild. That's what happens when you don't solve the fucking problem. So now while my ACO does this, because of course it's her job, but she goes so above and beyond. She's done this and controlled entire fucking towns. You who continue to post and fucking talk about this, like you're the hero to your fucking cats in your neighborhood and your yard because everyone hates them. Don't have the fucking initiative to go get a fucking trap when you get paid $3,000 a fucking month to mumble into a fucking microphone about how much you hated Raw as a grown fucking man. You can't take a little piece of that. Go buy a fucking trap at Home Depot. Contact a couple spay and neutered fucking clinics because there are spay and neuter clinics. Don't tell me no organization does anything. If I fucking Googled your neighborhood and the closest spay and neuter clinics and you spent your fucking day off loading fucking traps in the back of the thing, driving them there, paying almost nothing, if not nothing to get those cats fixed and just putting them back where you fucking found them. And then you made a fucking effort to get every single one of them just in your yard. I'm not asking you to solve your whole fucking neighborhood's problems, but the ones that you're complaining about on fucking Facebook and now raccoons are eating kittens in front of you. Guess who created that fucking problem? You're the reason the raccoon ate that fucking baby. You served, you supplied your neighborhood the neighborhood predators in in your area with food you helped raise food for the neighborhood predators 
but you can keep treating yourself like a martyr and talking to your fucking shithead friends on Facebook who don't know any better, who aren't in the animal field. Because it's one thing if this just happened. Holy shit. Just realized somebody dumped their fucking cats out here. A month passes. Holy shit. She just gave birth to babies. Two weeks later. Oh my God. I just saw a raccoon eating one. Uh, I'm with you. Holy shit. He, he, uh, I'll help you get help. This is a motherfucker who's saying straight up, nobody's going to help me and I ain't trying to hear that shit, so don't even bring it up. And then meanwhile, this shit's been going on for over 10 years. And he, again, made a big point about the last time where, where neighbors were threatening to hurt these cats and stuff. And, oh, he's a big bad guess and I'm going to go fucking, I'll, I'll fucking stand up for these cats. Okay, how about controlling the fucking problem? You know? This is the thing is, is people don't want to take initiative. They don't want to take responsibility for their fucking actions. They just want to be loud and proud of themselves on fucking Facebook and back none of that shit up in real life. When it comes to how you solve that problem, when it comes to how you fucking make that shit end, you make things like that not happen when it's on your watch. Because let me tell you another fact, since you know every fucking thing, when you feed a cat for two weeks, it becomes your cat, legally your cat. Straight up. So if you fed that cat for two fucking weeks and you wanted to bring it to a shelter at a stray and you as a stray and you told them that you've been feeding it for two weeks, they'd say this is your cat and you need to pay a turn in fee. So your cats are outside getting eaten by fucking raccoons because you aren't taking care of it. Just because you're the only one willing to feed it, that means you're the owner. That's what that fucking means. Doesn't mean you put them there. It means you took responsibility for them. When you decided you would take on their feeding responsibility and go to on Facebook like, oh, my cats, these, these cats out here. That, that's what that is. That, that's what the reality of that is, is. Those are your cats that are getting eaten by fucking raccoons because you aren't solving the fucking problem. Those kittens could be trapped in a fucking adopted. And the adults, if you found the right person, which there's not a lot of, I'm not going to lie to you on that. There's not a lot of me out there. But if you found the right people, they might be able to rehabilitate those adults and domesticate them and get those homes too. But if not, like I said, worst case scenario, you fix and put back every single thing you fucking find. And at worst case, if you got all of that done, every single one of them, you wouldn't have this problem anymore. That, that would be the end of it. But if you want to continue to cycle, as you do, refuse help. Refuse going to anything that's going to solve the problem and just keep dumping food out there and crying on Facebook when bad things happen because it'll keep happening. So don't worry about that. That'll that'll come up real soon. And then maybe people could hit you more on Patreon and they could hit your fucking you, you, they could hit your Venmo up with some more fucking money for the for the, the Kevin Castle and Binky show or whatever the fuck you're doing now. I, I'm so tired of these clown ass fucking dudes that pretend to be something they're fucking not on Facebook and this image that they put out there, I dedicate my fucking life to animals. So when people fake the funk, I'm not impressed and I'm not fucking having it. And I'm going to say something. That's just the way it's going to go. Because if you're part of the problem, you don't get to treat yourself like you're part of the solution. And that's you're part of the fucking problem. So that's that. Um, shout out to my man, Jeremy. I got you five stars doing his fucking thing over there. Shout out to Shaheen, all the types of podcasts that he's doing. Hit him up. 
nuclear heat graphics. Hit him up for all your commissions. Do anything you need over there. Hit up Eric at the I don't even know what the fuck we're doing next year podcast. He's a good dude. He's always stayed up with me. He's always checked uh, checked up on me and shit. And uh, I appreciate that shit. There's a lot of people who reached out to me in this past week. And um, I, I appreciate it more than I could possibly even vocalize. So this is going to be rough, but uh, here it goes. Um, so just over a week ago, and, and I also want to preface this with saying I do realize the day before this happened, I recorded a podcast and I shit on Frankie Picard for not taking responsibility for his actions when it came to him losing his dog and the dog getting hit by a car. His blame was put on the people who hit the dog with the car and drove off. And and I said it then, and I'm going to say it again now. The responsibility is on the owner. It's our responsibility to keep our dogs safe, to keep our cats safe. Our animals are our responsibilities and nobody else's. You want them to swerve. You want them to stop. You want some miracle to happen when this happens. But when it comes down to it, if you protected that animal, they'd still be here. On Friday, I came home from work and I, um, I was doing work in the backyard, in the front yard, and I was mowing my lawn. And uh, I've always been really, really careful about this shit, man. Always, always. I was mowing my lawn in the front and the back. And I, I thought the gate latched, but I didn't double check it clearly. And uh, I had a little bit extra time. I said, all right, I got the, the, the grass cut in the front and the back. I have a million projects I'm doing, you know, so I'm just trying to knock out as much as I can per night and, and everything. And um, so I... Uh, I, I did that, and then I said, you know what? I got to get up and clean these gutters. It's long overdue. I got to clean these gutters. Now, um, when I was doing the lawn front and back, and when I went up to clean the gutters, the dog was inside. And um, I went up there, and I had my headphones on, so I was rocking. And I um, I didn't I didn't hear her come out because I was up there. And I was just, just my headphones on rocking the beats and just cleaning the fucking gutters and, and just doing my thing. I came down when I was done and it didn't take me that long, but I came down when I was done and I see the gate wide open. And it definitely wasn't wide open when I went up, but like I said, it clearly not latched. And, uh, I, I saw the gate wide open. And so I came inside and I said, where's Lil? And Nina said, uh, she's outside. And I said, that's not what I want to hear. And I ran outside and I looked around the yard real quick and she wasn't there. Um, started as a search. And within an hour, she was found dead about six blocks over. Um, man. She was never a runner. I've had her for over 10 years. And, uh, 
she would never run away from us or anything like that. She only, she wanted to be outside. We would never like, you know, keep her loose or off leash or anything like that. She would always be in the yard with me or if she was walked, it was always on a harness. Uh, she had a collapsing trachea. So we always had to walk her with a harness. So if any time she was walked, it would have to be with a harness. She wouldn't have like a collar on or anything because it's a collapsing trachea. Um, she could have a Ceresto collar on cause it was loose. So it wouldn't really choke her up. But, um, you know, um, but she loved to be outside with me and, uh, she wanted to come outside with me, but I was on the roof and she couldn't see me and, uh, she went looking for me. So it was in an area where I, she never, she never walked that way in her life. She never went that way at all. Uh, you know, it's a busier road, but it's, like I said, it's, it's a good six blocks away. Stug did a lot of moving to get there and within an hour she was dead. And I got to tell you, it's 100% my fault. And that that's a hard pill to swallow, but it's a fact. It's a fucking fact. And, and it's something I'll never, ever forgive myself for. I will carry the scar for the rest of my fucking life. I was a responsible pet owner. I am a responsible pet owner. But because of this one mistake... I don't have a dog anymore. And that's the sole fucking reason. And guess what? The people that hit my dog didn't stop. And I don't give a fuck. Because if that gate was latched, my dog would still be here. That's on me. And that, that's something I got to deal with. There's, there's going to be time that heals these wounds to a certain extent. The scar ain't going anywhere. My dog didn't live a full life because of me. My dog was happy, healthy, and uh, that's hard. That's a hard image to get past. You know, all the animals I've lost over the years. You know, there was you never you're never ready. You're never ready for the end, and you never want to have to say goodbye. You know, you never want that to be the last day, regardless of you know what shape they were in, you know what declining health situation they had whatever kind of you know uh, dire prognosis they have you, you know you don't want it and it hits hard and this hits fucking different because there wasn't anything wrong with my dog and she was took away taken away from me in a heartbeat because of one mistake i made and uh tell you it's it's brutal it's been really really hard on me for this week i um like i said i can't thank everybody enough for you know reaching out to me and all this i've been busting my fucking ass out there because i just i can't stop because if i stop i think and when i think this shit comes back the images the uh, everything it's just like my normal function at home she's right there whatever i'm doing she's right there you know she could be barking to come in if i go let her in and i gotta go out for something she's gonna go from barking to come in to turn around and coming right back out with me because i'm out there and now she want to be out there so it's hard because it's it's so much of my everyday fabric is where's the dog where's she at she here you know 
always keeping an eye on her and always, you know, making sure she's, she's with me and she's there. And, uh, you know, to just have her just like that snap of the fingers gone forever. I had to see my dog dead. All I wanted was to get her back. I, I I've seen, I, you know, I've been in an animal shelter for 20 years now. You know how many shitheads I've seen reclaim their dog three times. You know how many assholes will stand there in the fucking office complaining about the fee to reclaim their dog. You know how many people on my street alone I've seen their dogs running loose five times each. You know how many people lose their dog for a week and get it back? I didn't get to reclaim my dog. I didn't get to pay for an injury. I would have paid every penny I had to fix something wrong with this dog to keep her here. I didn't get that opportunity. I didn't get any of that. And it hurts. It hurts a lot. It's just, I guess, luck of the draw or unluck or whatever you want to call it. But uh, it's, it's brutal. It's one of the hardest things I've ever dealt with in my life. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's all I can really say about it. It's, it's just hard. It's an adjustment to a different way of life. That's the only thing I could do to go forward is just keep moving, keep fucking just, just doing what I do, keep pushing. And, uh, it's just going to, you know, it's just an adjustment to just something that was there isn't anymore. Something that meant a whole lot is just gone. And I have to just adjust to living without it, without her. Sucks. Definitely sucks. But, uh, yeah, so I won't drag out the end of the show any longer because I know it's got to be rough to listen to. I know it's rough to feel on my end. Uh, so, yeah, that's all I got. Again, thanks to Shaheen for recording this and, uh, you know, sending me topics as always. And be good on my own as far as topics because... I had enough shit to, to go in about. And uh, as I said, I always appreciate it. And uh, you know, everybody reached out. Thank you so much. And uh, hopefully I'll talk to you guys next week. Obviously, you know, it took me a little bit longer to get to this one for very obvious reasons. And, uh, you know, thank you guys for, uh, you know, hanging in there. And uh, hope you all enjoyed this show. And uh, talk to you motherfuckers later. Peace.